Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Sine. Hello. How long would you last in an industrial kitchen or a fine dining kitchen? 20 seconds. Any kitchen. 20 seconds, okay. Yeah, 20 seconds, I think. Um, the thing that would break me is they'd start yelling at me and then I'd burst <laughs> into tears and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then I would just run away. Yeah. What if you had a little um, mouse or rat in your hat? I'd be fine because... <laughs> He's a genius and he'd be telling me what to do, wouldn't he? So <laughs> did we check under the hats of the chefs in this show? No, they did get better all of a sudden, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Suspicious, mm. if you ask Conspiracy. me. Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies. I'm Lonnie, she's Sinead. How's it going, Sinead? Hi, good thanks. What have we watched this week? We've watched... The Bear, a show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a show. It definitely is a show. It's a show about Kami, who is a chef in Chicago, and he's trained as like a very fancy chef. And his brother has passed away from suicide, and his brother left him his sandwich shop in Chicago to run. And it's in debt. The staff are not very, like, dedicated to their jobs. The kitchen's a mess. And it's sort of his struggle to, well, you think it's his struggle to get the restaurant up and running, but it's not really. It's his struggle to deal with the grief of his brother. It's a metaphor, isn't it? The restaurant. Mm. Mm. That all sounds, like, pretty intense. And it is. But it's also quite funny, isn't it? It's got a light touch. At certain points. Does it? I think so. Okay. I laughed. Did, did you not? No, I laughed at some points, I mm. suppose. What I like most about it is that the episodes get in and they get out. Mm. They tell a story. You, you're satisfied after each one, but we don't have sort of extraneous shit all the way through. <laughs> Which I'm becoming a bit more bullish about recently. Like shows like Barry, which just tell you the great story in 20 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. and, the, and the bear. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Just do it, you know. I think yeah, also yeah. by having less time each episode, you also have more time to make it good and make it right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're making it. Uh, okay. So, Kami is played by Jeremy Allen White, who apparently was on Shameless for a long time. I never saw Shameless. Have you? No, I think I started to watch it because Emmy Rossum is in it. Mm. And she was the girl in Day After Tomorrow. And I like looked her up one day and was like, what's she been in recently? I haven't, she just completely fell off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I think I watched like one episode and then I was like, this isn't really for me. Okay. And never continued. Yeah. Um, but he's great in this, isn't he? He's great. He, and not knowing him from anything else, he's just appeared on screen as Kami for me. I don't even think yes. he's acting. He's just. <laughs> 
he's fully possessed this this guy what do you think about Kami? he's not not the greatest dude is he no he's got a lot of like pent-up stuff you know he's trying to deal with he's not a very nice person but mm-hmm. we learned that a lot of that is sort of internalized from his experiences in mm. um fancy fine dining kitchens and being torn apart by head chefs etc yeah he's got ptsd yes he does. majorly and it's funny that we just sort of accept that in the restaurant business don't we it's funny because i was probably selfishly but it sort of reminded me of comparisons between acting school and this mm. stuff because the whole point of like like NIDA, back when I was in high school, it's like, oh, NIDA's the best place to go because they completely tear you apart and completely rebuild you into who they want you to be so that you can go mm. out in the world and become everyone and they just, like, completely destroy you. And that was seen as this really, like, coveted thing. Mm. Um, and then I think about my experiences where I had grown men yelling at me, probably not okay, and we let it slide in that industry as well as this one. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like... People still have this notion that in order to achieve something, you have to do something really hard or you have to, because they were abused, you know, you have to go through the ropes as mm. well. Um, seems like we should be doing something about this, maybe? Well, it's pretty cultish, isn't it? I always think of mm. how similar the Scientology um, mm. program is to acting school where it's like, we'll, we'll tear you down, we'll get you to reveal all your secrets to us. Well, a lot of it's based on the method, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah totally. Sense. <laughs> yeah. And then you're rebuilt in their image, as you just said. Mm-hmm. And so then it's almost like you've been, it's not quite this extent, but it's also like they've psychologically reprogrammed you to mm. be what they want. Yeah. And so you're not the same person as you walked in. Maybe there's some of that's good, like the whiplash sort of thing, like how, how, how much you have to yeah. push to be great. But I, I don't think... I think I would thrive in the restaurant industry either, just quietly. <laughs> and the point at the end of Whiplash is that, you know, we're supposed to say, oh, was it all worth it though? He literally got mm. in a car accident to yeah, impress this guy. He's ruined his family. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's basically in bed with the devil now. He has to go to stay mm. with J.K. Simmons' character. It's a great yeah. movie, mm. truly. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, this show obviously goes into that, but at the end of the day... The answer is community and teamwork. Mm. And this this place, everyone's doing it for themselves, but once they actually start working together, things improve. So the bear, I think, is a good antidote uh, to that sort of industry and that style of, of teaching and, and work. Do you agree? I agree. It's a great, it's a great show about teamwork. That's how I've described it to people. <laughs> it just happens to be in a kitchen where it's pretty, pretty hectic a lot of the time. Mm. Reminds me of Boiling Point too, obviously, very clearly. The film we saw last year. Yes. And I said at the time, didn't I? A, a TV series set in a kitchen would be cool. You did. I don't know if this is what you were imagining though, is it? Not exactly. Mm. That was more on the fine dining thing. But I, I like this one. I like that it's a bit dirty and messy and they're mm. kind of... Are they in a gang area? I don't know. <laughs> They've gang got... Gangs. Yeah, stuff going on. Uh, okay, so shall, shall we go through the rest of the main cast? Let's do it. Richie, or I like to call him Cousin. Okay, we need to have a discussion <laughs> about this, all right? And I'm going to go on a tangent, so, like, if you don't want to hear me rant about something, 
tune back in after five minutes. So listeners of the show, dedicated listeners of the show, know that one of the things we hate about the Vampire Diaries, which we bring up fairly regularly because I like it, is that they call each other brother. And it's so weird and it's so cringy. And it's like siblings don't go and call each other sister or brother like we it's not a thing right because you know because you know because you don't need to <laughs> there's no audience that you need to signal it to every two seconds <laughs> anyway i thought that was bad i thought that was as bad as we could get apparently not apparently there's another layer i wasn't even ready for which is calling each other cousin what do you mean cousin but were they actually cousins though or was that just like a affectation they all had for each other they say that they were best friends Hmm. Wait, no. Well, I think he was best friends with the brother. But, oh, no, no. I think they are actually cousins. Are they actual cousins? Okay. Yeah. And it gets, there's some episodes where I'm not kidding. It's like, cousin, can you help me out of the front of the house? Sure, cousin. Where do I need to be, cousin? Cousin, I just need to talk to you about one thing. Can you come into the back room, cousin? Sure, cousin. Coming now, cousin. It's so frequent. And it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. So, like unrealistic not reflective how people really talk to each other i'm not even here to entertain the idea that oh maybe these two people talk to each other and they're weird because it's not commented on in the show if they're doing something that's not normal then have another character comment on it so you think this is just how people talk to each other i don't think i've ever said to any of my cousins hi cousin how are you going except in like an ironic way maybe once Speaking of which, it's my cousin's birthday on Monday and I'm about to send her a gift card. Should I write on the card, dear cousin? Just for a bit of pizzazz? Def- yeah, definitely. Look, I'm looking here online. Apparently cousin is a bit of a a term in Chicago. Don't know if it's true or not. But what they're saying. It's well, a term tell me that then. Okay. <laughs> Because it seems like they're not actually cousins. They just call each other cousin. It's what you say to someone you're really close to. Well, that could be just people from Chicago making us believe, like, drop bear sort of situation. Yeah, it could be a drop bear situation, <laughs> couldn't it? Do you think it's not a sign of respect, though? Like, we're in the kitchen, we're together, and I'm going to call you by, you know, we call each other cousin, and that's just sort of how we do this in the kitchen. Like, they call each other chef as a sign of respect. Yeah, because that's a well-known thing that people do. Yeah, maybe it's a well-known thing in Chicago to call each other cousin. Well, then someone needed to tell me. I'm not sure. I think maybe it's just a weird thing they do. Maybe they're weirdos. <laughs> Have we ever thought about that? <laughs> okay. F- apart from the cousin thing, though, I thought he was a fascinating character and a great performance. Mm, he was really great. We saw him most recently in um, The Dropout where he played... Yeah. Uh, he played the John Carey, the... Carey the, Lee, that's his name. Yes, the journalist... So Eben Mosh Bachrach, I believe his name, um, very good. Like total 180 from his character in The Dropout, which is who was so calm and Genuine. inquisitive. Yeah. yeah, and just got to the bottom of everything, as journalists tend to do. Not in this show. He's just, just a, a big ball of crazy energy. He gets stabbed and just walks it off. He, they yell at each other constantly and those first episodes were just like just sack him get rid of half the crew here they're all shit Mm -hmm. and then as it goes on you're like oh okay there's more stuff going on here and you can't just get rid of your cousin even if you hate him 
But they had something. They they were both processing the trauma of their of their brother slash cousin slash friend yeah. passing away. Uh, shall we go on to talk about Sydney, old Sid? We shall. <laughs> I really liked, even though she was a bit annoying, wasn't she? <laughs> I liked that about her. She was spiky. Listen, I think so. I don't know if I liked this show as much as you did. I'm going to just say it there, but. Sydney for me was the beating heart of this whole series and Mm -hmm. the only performance that I felt let in on as a, as a viewer, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was being kept at a distance by everybody else and couldn't really figure them out and felt like I was watching a show. Whereas with her, I was very much involved in like what's going on with her story. And it's such a beautiful story. So she's new and young and she's trained in fine dining similar to Kami and she has chosen to come back and work for him because she admires him so much and it's revealed later on in the series that she did that because the best meal she's ever tasted in her whole entire life was one that Kami made and I think maybe I identify her a little bit because um, that's probably how I would be in a situation organizing everybody being like why can't you just do this one thing that I've allocated you to do if you're not going to do it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll do it. And I appreciate that about her. Someone's got to whip these people into shape, you know? Kami's not doing it. Kami's just yelling no, at everyone. She was the audience surrogate for sure. Yes. As the new character. But but also she had that perspective to know when things weren't going well and she was like asking them to mm. do the French system and they wouldn't do it. And she was just like kind of accepted it but kept going anyway. She's like, well, you know, you have to. You tell me to piss off, but you still got to have to do it. So that was cool. And the way that she she grew over the series was very interesting too. I I, I wasn't quite sure where she was going to go, and that's very interesting for a character, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the bread baker, Marcus? Marcus, listen, you're a sweetheart. I love that you're getting inspired by the different flavors. I love that you're being pushed to be better. I love that you're going to do your little fermented thing and your little like liquid smoke stuff and your little dry dehydrated stuff. Great. Here for it. You do you. However, if someone has asked you not to do something because you need to be working on something else because service is in 15 minutes, you probably should stop doing the thing. You probably should stop and you should listen to your boss. And then don't get upset when he yelled at you being like, WTF, why didn't you do what I told you to do? You know? Yes, it's true. He was he was getting too carried away with it. But he's being inspired at the same time, isn't he? Great. You can be inspired <laughs> in the morning when you're allowed to be inspired and you've got a job to do now. Yeah, that's true. They were, they were too individualistic at certain points, weren't they? Mm. That, that's all good and well, but when you've got a, a project you're working on together, i.e. lunch, mm. <laughs> maybe you would have got to work for the team. I'm just thinking now, like, you're like, oh, it's about teamwork, right? And they have to learn to be part of a team. I feel like his character didn't realise that. No, not particularly. But I guess he's a very specialised part of the team because he's, when he's doing the bread and the baking, that's kind of a little bit separate. Well, like, the bread isn't, but the the baking at least. I just feel like they maybe could have tied that back around a bit cleaner. Mm, That's true. Tina. Tina. Who I hated in the first few episodes, but I oh, turned around. Worst. The absolute worst. So she's the older cook. She's been there forever. She knows what she does. She does it well. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to 
listen to this 20 year old kid or this guy Kami who's come back out of nowhere to try and be her boss mm-hmm. and like in, in some ways I respect that <laughs> but also it's like if you just buy in a little bit and she does eventually when when Kami and, and mm-hmm. Sid bring her along it all works better and that that moment where she she gets the what was it the like the mashed potatoes right mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was but yeah yeah it was a great moment it's great, yeah. she was still learning and she was taking pride in what she did Sine. Mm-hmm. the teamwork makes the dream work you know it does as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either that's why if you're a b2b marketer you should use linkedin ads LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> now, who's your mate from YouTube? One of the minor characters. <laughs> He's not my mate. <laughs> I'll just say that clear. So Matty Matheson is a very famous chef, actual chef, who in addition to that um, has a YouTube channel that is quite prolific and Mm -hmm. he is chaos personified. (laughs) I don't even know how to explain him to you. You Just look him up. You should watch two seconds of a video and you're like, ah, I see. Um, (laughs) And it's pretty cool because he came on to executive produce the show and mm. he's acting in it, which is kind of cool to see someone who's not an actor be in a show. Um, and he's sort of a handyman for the restaurant and he's a friend of Kami's and he just tries to like, he wants to cook, I think. He wants to be involved a little bit. And that's yeah. just quite funny seeing watching him like be bad at cooking. Um, and he's so funny and so he improvises a little bit in his scenes and I think that's where a lot of the comic relief comes, particularly in those moments because he just says the craziest stuff um, and there's some repartee between him and Richie or him and Kami, which is really nice to see. But, yes, yeah, yeah. he's he's a lot. <laughs> I'll just warn you now. He's a lot. He's a great personality. Yes. And, and not one – I mean, I guess you could create that sort of character and it would be okay, but – Obviously, they're taking a bit of his real life internet personality and, and transposing it here, and it works. Yeah, it's a cool sort of dynamic. Also, he's spoken a lot about when he was learning to cook and having 
being in fine dining and having people tear you apart and completely mm. make you feel shit about yourself. So it's, I can tell that it's a really like personal story in some mm. aspects because he's mm-hmm. got an insight into the industry that the others wouldn't have. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Um, Oliver Platt is Jimmy Cicero. He's their actual uncle, I think. I think he's just uncle, uncle. I think he's uncle. <laughs> Although it could be a mob thing, because is the mob in Chicago? Chicago mob, that's the thing. And isn't it, hey, uncle, isn't that like a thing? Or is that Boston? I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I think he's actually an uncle. Um, and I, I love seeing Oliver Platt turn up in anything. He's great, isn't he? One of the great character actors of all time. Mm. And I, I never, I may have seen him for a while, but I haven't seen him play a, a sort of dark character that often. He's normally kind of a nerdy, nice person, in my, at least in my memory. Um, although I did see him recently. He was on an episode of Modern Family I watched. He was playing a a gay bowler because Cam had a um, <laughs> he's got a bowling league, mm-hmm. and it's only gay people are allowed to play. And he has to, he's short one night, and he has to bring Jay along, and Jay pretends to be gay to be part of it. And Oliver Platt's character falls in love with him. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird seeing him play that pretty hammy sort of you know sitcom character mm. as opposed to to this in a more dramatic role he's playing a, a bit of a heavy heavy guy versatility you can do it all mm-hmm. um and that, that episode in particular when they're doing the the uh barbecue at the kids party and all the kids uh. <laughs> have been walking around you know tearing up the place causing trouble and they end up getting drugged and fall asleep hilarious it is one, with one for the parents, isn't clear, it? If not like heroin or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, they just have a yeah. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. I liked that episode because um, there was the perceived grievance and the actual grievance, mm. you know, like um, he's got, Jimmy's got a thing against Richie for, I can't remember, something to do with the toilet. Yeah, he'd been called up to do a job, I think, to help the toilet, yeah. but he didn't do it properly or something. Well, someone else didn't, yeah. And just... it was turned out that, you know, Kami didn't pass the message on or something. Mm. And then when the actual thing happened and Kami said, oh, my God, this is what's happened. I'm so sorry. Jimmy's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. And I really liked that seeing that, like, yeah. favoritism and play out, and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, because, so, like, Richie is clearly a trouble guy and mm. he's very he's um, volatile and he rubs people up the wrong way. But then you can also see how he gets blamed for everything. And maybe yeah. there's a reason why he's like how he is. Yeah. There's also, like, he's one of those people that anything he touches just turns to shit. Yeah. And so then he just doesn't try. And exactly. you can totally see how that narrative plays out. Especially yeah. in his relationship with Kami as well. But- yeah. And not, Kami's not exactly like everything always turns out all right. But mm. it, yeah, as, as the show does play out, it does turn out okay yeah. for him eventually. So... Yeah, interesting. And now the big thing about the relationship with the uncle is that he has invested into this restaurant, right? Mm. And so um, the brother, when he died, owed him a whole bunch of money. Was it 3,300? 300K, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, And throughout the whole series, he's trying just to get Kami to sell it to him. Just sell me the restaurant. Mm. It's not working out. Like you don't have to go through all this to eventually fail in the end. Just... Tap out now and it'll all be okay. Mm. Um, so an interesting sort of big baddie 
that sort of umbrellaed over the whole series is that i would say yeah and like we should mention the restaurant is kind of failing and they've mm. kind of only got about a week's or two weeks buffer by the sounds of it if that yeah not even money wise ingredients wise they constantly yeah, exactly. get the wrong things delivered stuff goes off they never yeah. have like it, it's just a comedy of errors in some ways mm-hmm. so should we talk about the ending then obviously we've talked about oh actually just briefly John McHale is in a, some flashbacks to mm-hmm. um, Kami's time in the fine dining in New York, and he plays the guy who's abusive to him. He's the head chef. He's mm. terrible. It's really hard for me to watch John McHale do that because he was on Communities and mm. other shows. He's just been you know, generally a pretty nice guy. <laughs> um, that was tough. Um, also, Mikey, the the brother who, who's passed away, played by John Bernthal. Mm. Great choice, I think. Interesting choice because he's sort of – I don't know, well-known enough now that he doesn't really need to do this kind of role. No. Um, But obviously something spoke to him in it and he's only in one episode and maybe a couple of really quick flash Mm. flashback shots. Yeah, Um, yeah. and like in some ways I'm like, do we need to see the cousin in flash, the brother in in flashbacks? Could we just, could he just be an unseen character? mm. However, you're playing up this guy and everyone's talking about him as, you know, he walks into the room and everyone gravitates towards him. You're like, oh, yeah, John Banthal is that sort of guy. Yeah. It makes sense. Very charismatic. Mm. Okay, so obviously we've been talking about spoilers throughout, but we'll, we'll get into the the meat of the final episode right now. What's what's the, what's the go? What's the go, today? What happened? In the final episode? Yeah. Um. The cans. Oh, you want to go straight to the cans? Yeah. Okay, so there's a letter that's been left at the – restaurant that's tucked behind a shelf and earlier in the season Richie finds it and puts it back and doesn't give it to Kami Mm -hmm. and after being in jail because he (laughs) coward punched someone and anyway Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff happens he gives the letter to him and turns out on the back it's a letter from his the brother and on the back there's a recipe for spaghetti which this whole series has been this thing that's like why does a sandwich shop serve spaghetti it's horrible, it's terrible, it doesn't taste very good, no one orders it, like what are we doing here? And he slows down for the first time and, and decides to make it and put his whole heart into making it and making it good. And he goes to get some San Marzano tomatoes, the only tomatoes that you should be using in recipes that are tomato-based, and turns out there's money in them, all the cans, $300,000 in fact. I don't really understand how the money got there. How do you seal money in cans? Well, they have can sealers apparently in restaurants. Right. Okay. Also, apparently it's not that uncommon for people to hide money and or drugs or other things in them because the smell of the food, usually like tomatoes in this example, that like dogs can't sniff it out because of the hide. So that's interesting. We should say it's in a plastic bag inside the can. Yeah, it's sealed. Yeah. It's not just like loose coins. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Why? Why didn't he just well, give him the money? Well, I, I'm just not sure. I, I, I like it, and I like the fact that if they're struggling for money all season, if he just made the spaghetti earlier, it would have been solved. However, if he done it first episode and they're all still at each other's throats it wouldn't have worked out well so they had to go through the journey to earn the reward Mm that sort of thing that's okay also the same thing if if you've been given the letter earlier by 
cousin. They could have resolved things earlier, but again, they had to go through the trauma and then they're back on their friends again sort of thing. That's, that's why they've got it now. I, I, I'm just not quite sure about... He was given this loan, Mikey, the brother, mm-hmm. and he just squirreled it away in Cairns. Yeah. I think the idea was it was supposed to think he'd squandered it all because clearly the restaurant is shit and if he's been given a loan of 300k, how, where's it gone? There's a speculation he spent it on drugs, right? He's been drugging, yeah, or whatever else and that that led to him him passing away, I guess. Mm -hmm. But now it's just there. So it's like, okay, well, I can give the money straight back. That's cool. And they can start their own restaurant afresh, I suppose. But they don't have any money though. If you pay the loan back, then what money do you have? Yeah, you start a new restaurant. Yeah, you kind of. I mean, I guess you got Cicero off your back. That's cool. But and also, isn't the IRS on them for about not paying properly, properly and taxes and stuff? So hopefully, there's just there's a bit of buffer. Then there's maybe a little bit more money in there than just mm-hmm. a loan. Just feels a bit hand wavy to me. Yeah, um, like when you've got a big review like that at the end of the season, I think it should make sense. You're like, ah, oh, that make okay. And I kind of got half of that feeling, but mm. then I had to look up and like, okay, what's that actually mean though? What's yeah. what's going on here? But it was a nice moment. It's a nice moment where they're all they all go into the restaurant and they're all gathered around opening the cans yeah. and then Sydney turns up and Tina's like, Chef, you're here. Mm. And yeah. Mm. That was cool. I'm keen to see more already. Are you gonna watch season two? Oh, there's a season two? I thought this was a limited series. No, I'm pretty sure it's been approved for a season two. Well, okay. Um, yeah, I will. I I mean, you've been seeing its praises. Could I just jump in with the two little negative Nancy notes that I made? I think it would have been more well-rounded of a show if I had some more flashbacks to his life in fine dining. Mm. And I would have liked... Like, we focus a lot on the negative aspects, and I think that's important for the story, but I also would have liked to see him fall in love with cooking and why he went there and sort of having a good time cooking, although I guess like he couldn't because of, I don't know. I just wanted some more chefy stuff for a show that's about a restaurant. Mm-hmm. My second question, so what was the bear? The series opens, he's having a dream about a bear on a cage and a dark night on a bridge and it comes back in the last episode that's a metaphor for failing for his brother (laughs) for can you explain that to me i did not get that yeah it's a bit weird i wasn't sure if if, um kami was nicknamed the bear was he was he known as the bear the only time it was brought up in the show was when mm. he put the sign on the door saying that the new restaurant would be called The Bear. That's the only time it was ever mentioned. Yeah, so maybe it's, maybe it's just a metaphor, but I, I thought I heard someone calling The Bear at one stage. Maybe not. Maybe the brother's called The Bear. I don't mm. know. I guess it's like The Bear is his depression and his feelings of anxiety and PTSD and whatnot. That's why he's dreaming about it. And it's been let out. Not really sure. I guess so. Might need a second viewing to, to piece together the metaphor. But I don't want to do that. Like, there are so many other shows that are fighting to capture my attention. Why should I have to re-watch something because they weren't clear about it? You know? That's a fair enough point. 
What do you think of his monologue in the last episode? I can't separate myself from it. So as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, that's a good monologue to do for auditions if you're a young guy and you're looking for <laughs> something to do. <laughs> it was obviously his audition piece as well. Like it felt to me very rehearsed. Um, yeah. I, I liked so. it as a, as a piece of theatre. Yes. I was a bit weird. If I was sitting there in the, in the room and he's given this monologue at his AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I think it's more like... It's supposed to be like 30 seconds, dude. <laughs> I think that moment doesn't happen in in real life, in the real life of the show. I think it happens for the audience as a this is my character growth over the season sort of thing. It's a bit separate. Give someone else a go up on the stage, you know. <laughs> no, but that was pretty good. I, it worked well for the series. So that was great. Did you like the one take episode as well, the penultimate episode? Uh, yep, definitely noticed that. Uh great work by everybody how did i not pick that you love stuff that's I one love take stuff that's one take maybe you was too anxious you were just watching and you're getting caught up maybe i was writing the highs and lows of that episode i think that was one of the best episodes all the pre-orders and stuff coming through and, mm-hmm. and sid left and whatever yeah i don't i would have to go back and check and do some research to see if it was just a one take 20 minute sort of thing but like maybe they hid some cuts in there but still pretty good pretty good she stabbed him she did stab him accidentally we should say she just turns around with a knife in her hand and uh Mm. well Mm. maybe he deserved it you know (laughs) he was a real dick to her (laughs) okay so shall we wrap it up then oh oh, by the way sugar she was cool the sister why was her name sugar that's what you call your sisters in chicago it's not what you call (laughs) no my favorite was pete Sugar's husband, who everyone hates for some reason. There's nothing wrong with him. Just everyone hates him. And it's alluded to the fact that Kami and him had a bit of a punch up about mm, something. Like, yeah, he's all good now. He's not going to press charges. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, felt, I felt sorry for her, though, because mm. she seems like the most emotionally mature one out of everybody in this series. And she's trying to work through what's going on, but no one else will let her. No. No one else wants to come to the table. Eventually they do, but yeah. And there's that lovely scene where it's like, I lost a brother too. No one's asking how yes. I'm doing, but we all have to accommodate Kami and Richie who are going through a tough time. Yeah, and it's Kami because he's running the restaurant. He's important now. Yes. Does she say at one stage, like, that restaurant is the worst thing that's happened to our family? Mm. Potentially, like yeah. Mm. Are you going to rate it, Sine? Mm. Three? How dare you? Didn't didn't capture me. How dare you? I'm sorry. <sighs> Can't win them all, I guess. What are you rating it? I give it four stars, you know? maybe four and a half actually. Four and a half. Yeah, that was a good show. Jeez. I enjoyed every minute. Louise. Okay. It's okay. You can be wrong sometimes. I just seems very high. I can't always be right. I mean, I can, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so down here it's on Disney Plus, it's on Hulu overseas. We don't get Hulu for some reason, but Disney Plus absorbed it or something, whatever. It's a pretty quick watch, too. There are only eight episodes, and most of them are about 20, 25 minutes long, so hmm. you can knock it over pretty quickly. Except for the finale, which I think is like. It's a bit longer. Yeah. Because he did a bloody half hour monologue at the. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> the he did. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's been nice talking about The Bear, one of the best shows of the year. Right? Mm. <laughs> um, have we done other podcasts before, Sunny? No, this is our first one. Yes, of course we have. We have a huge back catalogue of every movie and TV show that's basically been released in the last six years. Mm. Um, go forth. Go listen to Boiling Point. Great French film that you might enjoy. That is all one shot. One take. Whole thing. I think it was British, actually, but yes. Okay, it was British. Yep, I forgot about it. <laughs> Sorry, it's British. Uh, I got confused because I went to the French Film Festival and then went to the British Film Festival. Alice, uh, I got confused. Okay, everybody? Yeah, British Film Festival's coming up again, isn't it? Mm, have to see if there's something mm, there mm-hmm, we can watch. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.